The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Somber. So somber. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. That's it for the Trump material. That's all. Because look, I could, and by the way, people that tell me, oh, you comedians must be so happy. Trump is president. It's just all this free material. You know what? Yes, there's a lot of material, but there's too fucking much. It's exhausting. Being a comedian while Trump is president is like, like imagine there's, a, there's an insane man on the sidewalk just shitting on the sidewalk and yelling about Hitler. And so you're looking at it, and you, and you immediately think of the funniest joke about shitting on the sidewalk and yelling. And you turn to tell it to a bunch of people, and then behind you, he's taken the shit and made a sombrero out of it. <laughs> So you turn and you tell your amazing shitting on the sidewalk joke and everyone goes, oh no, that was, dude, turn around. He made a sombrero out of it. Do a sombrero joke. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can, make a, I can make fun of shit he did the last couple of days. By the time this thing airs, you guys are gonna be going, wait, what? What was that again? Because he took his dick out when they lit the Christmas tree. I don't know why you're talking about... Oh, yeah, the Paris thing. I, wow, I totally forgot about that, yeah. Fucking Donald Trump is sour cream in a sauna. You did, there's no... Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Summer, so summer. Damn it! Hello, Bob. Hi. Oh, you know, it's so impossible. <laughs> I don't know why I do that to myself. Started the show with Patton Oswald, who's maybe the funniest man alive. And I just watched that special. God damn it. Nothing we say, Jackie, is going to top It that. won't compare. No, no. No. We might as well just go home. <laughs> That's it. That's it for the show. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Pat and Oswald will be taking over from here. Okay, uh, before we get to Jackie Schechner, I, you know, I just wanted to mention uh, before we get started, we are really seriously making a big push for our Patreon page. My goal is to bring in enough new subscribers to add a Wednesday show. And I say... Really? Yeah, I say Wednesday show because uh, we'll be adding a show on Wednesdays. That That's the goal, but it all depends on you. It all depends on you listening. Going to our Patreon page through bobseska.com, the big Patreon link just beneath the logo in all capitals. You can't miss it. Now, if everyone listening right now signed up for just $1 a month, $1 a month, how can you miss a dollar a month? You won't even see it go out of your checking account. Plus, you'll be supporting the show. We, we would just far exceed our goal if everyone signed up for that amount per month. Also, let's talk about subscribing for $15 a month. That's our top level that's just a dollar 88 just a dollar 88 per show it's a it's really Sorry. inexpensive yeah i'm the vanna white of your podcast <laughs> so in addition to the free tuesday and thursday shows you'll get two post-mortem shows per week plus the friday after party every week and my exclusive reading of the steel dossier for free and we'll take out all of the commercials from the free shows, too. But you only have to, all you have to do is sign up for $15 a month. Just go to bobseska.com and click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo at the top of the page. And please tell all your friends, right? It's just, it's just that easy. And now, with, without any further ado, we do this. All right. All right, it's Thursday. Hello, world. Here's the news that she's bringing. Come on, get Jackie. Oh my 
bring you Jackie. Yep. Come on, it's Jackie. Jackie Schechner. Hi. Uh, okay, I'm so glad you're here. Jackie Schechner, of course, is here from InvestigateRussia.org and the Stephanie Miller Show and about a million other places. Uh, <laughs> there's so much to get into. We want to talk about Russia today. We want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, health care because Trump has been talking about... Uh... <laughs> well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because... All right, one, of one the, at a time. Yeah, one of the big Trump contradictions, Jackie, is the fact that, well, he's, uh, he's all at once saying that we, sh- we shouldn't be giving away uh, uh, money to corporations. We shouldn't be subsidizing health insurance companies. But at the same time, he's talking about passing the biggest corporate tax cut in the history of the United States. And none of that makes any sense. And, and Why subsidize the insurance industry when you can subsidize Trump? <laughs> That's right. Why subsidize just the health insurance industry when you can subsidize all corporations, right? In one big piece of legislation. So I've got golf carts to rent you. I've got <laughs> hotels you can stay in. <laughs> right. So we'll get to that in, in a little bit. But I, I do want to start off, uh, Jackie, just on, a, on another uh, semi-personal note, we started off Tuesday's show talking about the Santa Rosa fires, but I do want to mention here, um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the fires themselves, I just want to take some time to talk about how uh, uh, Breitbart.com can feel free to go suck a dick. I mean, seriously, Breitbart is now, I don't know if you've seen Jackie, but they're now spreading this conspiracy theory Oh, no. That the California uh, wildfires, and, and I would assume namely the Santa Rosa fires, the, which I've been calling firestorms because they were, liter- they were moving at two, 230 feet per second. The For- stories are heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, the stories are heartbreaking. I don't know how anyone can read the accounts of the people lost in the fires yeah. and not feel uh, the depth of that horror. I mean, yeah. that's... I, I, it's 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 terrifying and heartbreaking. It's terrible, and and what they're doing now at Breitbart is they're exploiting all of that, but to turn it into some sort of anti-immigrant thing. So what they're saying is what Breitbart is saying that an undocumented immigrant set the fires. Oh come on! Yep, yep. And what they're doing the uh, the logic here is that at some point there was an undocumented immigrant who set a fire. Sometime uh, before the actual wildfires was uh, was arrested for doing so. The fire was put out. So what they have done is they've taken that story and they've compl- conflated it with the Santa Rosa wildfire story uh, by saying, "Oh, that's that, great! Yeah. Like one guy at a Mexican restaurant lit a cigarette, and now he's responsible for the Santa Rosa." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God! God damn it! God damn it! Right, it absolutely sucks. And so what happened was they're now putting these two, they're mashing up these two stories and saying that the Tubbs fire, the fire that swept across Santa Rosa uh, last uh, Sunday and Monday, and and is still not fully contained. By the way, they're saying that this is all to blame on undocumented workers, which of course is completely, completely and totally false. But now all of these Trumpers, all these Trump supporters across the country who buy into this stuff without questioning now believe that undocumented workers are responsible for, for this uh, uh, cataclysm that, that hit uh, up and down California. I mean, all the way down in uh, Anaheim, there were fires all the way up through uh, Santa Rosa, of course, and then into areas that are even north of here, I mean, just up and down. I think there were something like twenty-eight different fires. Now we can we can really blame the people who started the fires. Not not PG and E, not PG and E for not maintaining tree branches and trees around their power lines, causing you know the the devil winds come through, knock down a tree branch that breaks down a a, a power line. The power line sparks, touches off a fire. The mm-hmm. fire is carried by those Diablo winds across Santa Rosa, destroying uh, thousands and thousands of properties. Uh, but no, no, it's the immigrants. I can't imagine being that afraid um, and that myopic in the news and information that I consume. Yeah. It's a combination of two, right? It's living in this weird, like, white bubble of fear Mm -hmm. and then also only getting your news from Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And, And you know the startling thing about all of this, Jackie, is that the... The voice of reason today, 
Today, the 19th, I want to mark the date, the 19th of October, 2017. Mm -hmm. It's now mm -hmm. about 12.34 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Or, I'm sorry, Pacific Daylight Time, is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. But on this day, the voice of reason is former President George W. Bush. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> I mean, I never thought that I would be sitting here saying those words, knowing, you know, having experienced the George W. Bush presidency firsthand, as you have too, Jackie, and uh, being ensconced in the blogosphere and, and uh, the media during that entire time and knowing the things that he did and the things that he said that, in fact, set the table for Donald Trump to become president. He has, you know, George W. Bush and his uh, staff of advisors, including Carl Rove, certainly Dick Cheney, uh, created the uh, the entire atmosphere that brought rise mm -hmm. to to then Sarah Palin, and then from Sarah Palin, it was built upon in order to give us Donald Trump. This whole strategy of tearing down institutions and making us question reality, question facts, question truth that started with George W. Bush. But, but here we are in middle October of 2017. We have gone so far down this uh, uh, rabbit hole of insanity. That Donald Trump, that, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, George W. Bush, I almost said Donald Trump is the voice of reason. Donald Trump will never be the voice of reason. Yeah. It, is, uh, it is George W. Bush. And we have several clips. He was speaking today at the uh, George W. Bush Institute. <laughs> and he never, he never. I mean, there's something to be said for that. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering. No, never mind. I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even. Go there. Are there lots of padded rooms at the George W. Bush? Yeah, Institute? yeah, that's where my mind went. But. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we have several clips here at George. W. He never mentioned Trump by name, but he did. Uh, you don't have to. He, yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't have to at all. Here's a here's a clip of George W. Bush talking about bigotry in our leadership and how it has no place in the American ideal. This means that people of every race, religion, ethnicity can be fully and equally American. It means that bigotry or white supremacy in any form is blasphemy against the American creed. Yeah, and of course, uh, we know exactly who that was directed at and, and what circumstances uh, uh, generated the need to say something like this, which, you know, fr quite honestly, uh, George W. Bush was saying things like that during his presidency. He he actually went out and said something very similar after 9-11 and wanted to make sure that people weren't uh, weren't persecuting uh, Muslim Americans as a consequence of 9-11. So he did spend uh -huh. some time talking about that during his presidency, but... But saying it now is especially poignant given that he's directly criticizing the sitting president. And that wasn't the only thing that he said. Uh, he went off about uh, bullying, but not necessarily, not necessarily bullying by, you know, children on a playground, bullying uh -huh. by our leadership. This is, uh, this is an interesting clip, uh, again, referencing Donald Trump. We need a renewed emphasis on civic learning in schools. And our young people need positive role models. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. I, we, there's more to this clip, but I, I want to stop here on the civics thing because, uh, you know, obviously this has been something that we've been talking about for, what, 20 years, Jackie, that we need more government classes, more social studies, yeah, more history. Absolutely. But the question is, in the process of bringing that back to the table in terms of our elementary school, high school curriculum, uh, we have to make sure that it's the right kind of history, that it's not the Rush Limbaugh revisionist Yankee Doodle history <laughs> that they've yeah. been trying to foist on school boards uh, uh, all across the nation. This is, uh, this is one of those things that has to be treaded very carefully. We have to walk very carefully in this because it could so easily, yeah, okay, great, let's bring back civics, but let's make sure to emphasize the fiction that will feed a conservative narrative. That's, right. that's what we have to watch out well, for. Well, it's super dangerous. I mean, that's part of an author authoritarian march, yeah. right? It's, it's heading towards that authoritarian regime mentality where you teach people what you want them to know and nothing else. And, uh, and of course, what we've seen and I, I think what this process will have to involve are normal people running for school board again, and not just the local school board, but statewide school boards as well, which set the curriculum, they picked the textbooks and so forth. And what we've seen for maybe upward of 40 years, I, I don't know how long it's been going on. 
But conservatives, far-right conservatives, evangelical conservatives especially, infiltrating school boards, picking out textbooks that involve uh, uh, religion into the discussions of... Uh, of of the formation of government and mm-hmm. just things that have no bearing whatsoever on rea- Noah's Ark somewhere in there, I'm sure. You know, just absolute fiction injected into history and science. And that's a consequence of a, a very, very lengthy process of conservatives trying to infiltrate the lowest levels of government, but which government sections of government that actually have the biggest impact in the long run. And that's right, what, but then it, that circles back to why you need government and civics education, because yeah. people don't even know those are those are are available to be like people don't know those positions exist, yeah. right? On your day to day life, if you don't have children, uh, you're not paying attention to your local school board. Like that's not something that's in your your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, so people yeah. don't understand that that's how people get started. Uh, you know, assuming that you want a, a public service career and you're not just jumping into it like Trump did without yeah, yeah. any actual experience. Well, but that's where a lot of it starts. Yeah, sure. And, and, and a big part of the uh, the problem here is that this lack of civics education and the infiltration of the far-right conservative movement into school boards, for example, has also given us Donald Trump. I mean, that's where that's where someone like Donald Trump can really exploit a lack of education, a, a, a right. distrust in facts. And Donald Trump... I mean, he is the right. poster child for lack of education. I am so humiliated <laughs> yeah. that he talks about going to... I mean, look, I went to Penn, University of Pennsylvania. I didn't go to Wharton, which is, you know, the business side of, of Penn, but he was there as an undergrad, and yeah. as I was. And I'm humiliated that he even brings that up because nobody that dumb would have graduated from Penn on merit. Like, yeah. It's just not, it's not possible. I mean, he, obviously, he transferred in, he bought his way in, he probably survived by the skin of his teeth. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm humiliated that he even brings that up as his alma mater because nothing that comes out of that, man, that man's mouth is... Uh, logical or reasonable or educated. Oh, yeah. Nothing he's done has actually uh, uh, been done on the level. Everything he's done has been aided by cheating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, uh, winning the presidency was aided by cheating, by treasonous activity with Russia. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here because George W. Bush talked about Russia, too. Let's continue with this clip, though. Sure. Bullying and prejudice in our public life sets a national tone, provides permission for cruelty and bigotry. and compromises the moral education of children. The only way to pass along civic values is to first live up to them. Yep, there you go. And again, the subtext is Trump. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, look, when when George W. Bush is basically calling you batshit crazy, get it together, you know you've got problems. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, of course, I'm sure there are going to be people on Fox News Channel all day long saying that, well, you know, George W. But one president at a time, George W. Bush needs to sit down and shut up. Uh, besides, he ruined the country anyway, because that's the that's the whole mea, that's the mea culpa about George W. Bush. Oh, you know, you know, I know we supported him when he was president. But, you know, we know now that he ruined the country. And, you know, he, right. had, he actually ended up giving us uh, Barack Obama. So no, thank you, George W. Bush. Go away, please. That's mm-hmm. going to be I, I'm sure that's what they're already saying right now on Fox News Channel. And I'm sure, sure Donald Trump is sitting just waiting to get his hands on his uh, his phone again to to, t- to tweet about George W. Bush and and of course he's gonna he'll hit him it. on weapons of mass destruction I'm sure that'll be his talking point that's exactly right and then he'll mention something about Jeb and low energy and blah 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 everything uh, right. all of uh, Donald Trump's greatest hits when it comes to the uh, the Bush family so uh, one more clip this is a clip about uh, institutions this is George W. Hmm. Bush today again at the uh, the Bush Institute in recent decades public confidence in our institutions has declined our governing class has often been paralyzed in the face of obvious and pressing needs the American dream of upward mobility seems out of reach for some who feel left behind in a changing economy discontent deepened and sharpened Partisan conflicts. Bigotry seems emboldened. Our politics seems more vulnerable to conspiracy theories and outright fabrication. There are some signs that the intensity of support for democracy itself has waned, especially among the young, who never experienced the galvanizing moral clarity of the Cold War. Yeah, this is a really important point that he's making here, because this is what we're... 
we're really facing. I think ultimately there's a, a crisis that I don't think any of us foresaw, which is that the fact that uh, that younger people never really had a chance to watch the Cold War it was go- that was going on. Right. There were younger people right now, millennials and, and even younger people than that, uh, never had to hide under their desks or... Well, that's... Yeah. I mean, that comes back to why the Russia thing is such a big deal, and it's hard to impart that on people who didn't live through the Cold War. So speaking of Russia, this is the yes. big clip. This is where George W. Bush was taking direct aim at all of this and thank effing God. You see, I can say the F word now on the show. We're not, <laughs> we're not Thank fucking God that George W. Bush is saying this. Now, what next? First, let's listen to uh, the former president. Our country must show resolve and resilience in the face of external attacks on our democracy. And that begins with confronting a new era of cyber threats. America has experienced a sustained attempt by a hostile power to feed and exploit our country's divisions. According to our intelligence services, the Russian government has made a project of turning Americans against each other. This effort is broad, systemic, and stealthy. It's conducted across a range of social media platforms. Ultimately, this assault won't succeed. But foreign aggressions, including cyber attacks, disinformation, and financial influence, should never be downplayed or tolerated. Okay, so I hope he's right that it's not going to succeed, but something tells me that it already did. It has already succeeded. It succeeded last year. It's going to continue. I don't know what he's talking about. Does he believe that Donald Trump is somehow going to order the intelligence community to to counterattack or to somehow thwart uh, what Russia's been doing? Yeah, I mean, that that implies that the president first has to accept that we've actually been invaded by Russia. That's Um, right. And look, Nikki Haley said it recently that she considers this, absolutely considers this warfare. So I feel like she's not long for her job. Yeah, by the way, Uh, (laughs) whoops, how did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. She got caught up in the moment and actually admitted that she feels like we're at war with Russia because of uh, the cyber attack. This is, Jackie, this is just astonishing to me. This continues to happen. It happens almost every day where either the White House says something and then Donald Trump contradicts it or Donald Trump says something and the White House contradicts it. It, We're basically dealing with two executive branches. We're dealing with, or maybe possibly even three, if we're we're taking the intelligence community as its own thing, then the White House staff as its own thing, and then, of course, Donald Trump as his own thing. We're not getting any cohesive message out of one-third of the federal government. It is just a scattered, contradictory clusterfuck. And this has got to have some sort of uh, long-term repercussions, the fact that no one, again, in one-third of the federal government, in in all of Article Two of the Constitution, no one in that section of of our public life here is on the same page. No one's talking about the same crap. And that is so dangerous. It's one of my, and I keep, we we all keep saying this. We all keep, every time something like this happens, just it's so dangerous. Well, it is. It is yeah. so phenomenal. I mean, look, dangerous. it's mortifying, right? Yeah. Not a yeah. day goes by that there isn't another mortifying presidential activity. Yep. And it's terrifying that there isn't anybody in charge. I and mean, we really are rudderless at this point. Yeah. Um, and when the rudder does go into the water, we end up going off into the wrong direction and possibly over a waterfall. I mean, it's yep. this is this is really dangerous and scary stuff. And there isn't anybody. There's no grown up in charge. It, it really feels that way. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know how long it can sustain. Right. I have these moments of clarity where I think, my God, like how long can this possibly go on? It's not just exhausting. Um, but it's terrifying, and I don't know what the end result is. And, uh, and let me just kind of add this, because, you know, obviously all of this stuff with uh, Trump calling the fallen soldier's family um, yeah. and showing a complete lack of decency or empathy, uh, and it's since been raised, that how do you have a man who has no empathy, a narcissist who has a pathological vacancy of any sort of uh, compassion for any anyone um, and cares about nothing but himself, how can you have him in charge of not only the lives of our military and the well-being of our nation, but in charge of the nuclear codes that could wipe out entire countries? Yep. And you talk about the rhetoric that he's ramping up with North Korea 
putting North Koreans at risk and South Koreans at risk because of their proximity. And the man has no empathy. He's got no feeling. Yeah. So the idea of wiping out a country doesn't, there's no gut check there. Yeah. And what we count on from our leaders, what we count on, especially from the president of the United States in the past, is a sense of compassion and decency and humanity that will stop them from pushing to the brink. Right, right. And then, of course, he's backstopped by 62 million Americans, maybe fewer than that, given how some people, I'm sure, have jumped ship from the, uh, the Trump train, uh, to mix my metaphors. But, uh, you know, 62 million people are just not realizing that they can be caught in the mushroom cloud. They can be mm-hmm. caught in the fact that he's rescinding CSRs. They can end up being caught in escalating premiums far beyond any uh, uh, hikes in premiums that they would have normally otherwise seen. So it's, it's not just that there are Hillary voters being pu- uh, punished. It's not just that there are Obama supporters being punished. It's not just that Obama's policies are one by one being uh, rolled back. It's that all of these people who are going along with him aren't immune to all of this crap that he's bringing down on the American system. And now maybe they also have this idea that if uh, Trump deconstructs the entire goddamn thing through his incompetence and whimsy, that they'll somehow out of that get what they want eventually. Like somehow it's like the the underpants gnome theory that I'm constantly bringing up as a metaphor for crazy people, which is one, deconstruct the administrative state. That's number one. Number two, big fat question mark, which involves huge premiums, uh, possible nuclear confrontations and so on. And then uh, God only knows all sorts of unpredictable chaos that we could never we could never possibly imagine being brought down upon the United States. And then number three out of that. Utah conservative utopia suddenly it's <laughs> suddenly it's 1956 again it's happy days and everyone is is gloriously wallowing in their white utopia and that's never going to happen it's, yeah. we're never going to go back to 1956 that is never no. going unless you have a time traveling delorean 1956 <laughs> who is that good for i mean it, just, <laughs> i don't know i don't know nobody nobody And they just don't realize, though, again, I think the broad stroke point here is that in supporting Donald Trump, they are bringing down a calamity upon the United States that they themselves will be caught up in. There is no escaping that. You are not safe. There are Trump voters in places where there are nuclear silos. Right. You're not you don't get a you don't get an I voted for Trump umbrella that protects you a bubble. (laughs) You don't get the I voted for Trump bubble. You know, it doesn't work that way. No. And and it's totally right. I mean, it's it's turning a blind eye to all of the negative consequences of an administration gone awry yeah, uh, yeah. that are, is actually going to impact, and it, it is disproportionately going to impact the uh, the people in the middle of the country yep. uh, who are afraid of immigrants uh, yep. and uh, black people. <laughs> uh, you know, it's going to disproportionately affect them because uh, the, the impact of this conservative agenda disproportionately uh, helps the rich yep. and punishes the poor. Exactly. So those Trump voters who were thinking, make America great again, it's going to be really crappy for them. Well, you know what? I want to talk about, I want to get into uh, Trump's treatment of these uh, Gold Star families because we have new developments on that since Tuesday. Uh, So we're going to talk about that here in a second. I also want to make sure, Jackie, that we get into uh, Trump's nominee for Homeland Security Secretary. This is a a shocking development. When Rachel Maddow talked about this and then revealed the punchline of the story of uh, Hurricane Katrina and now who's in charge of Homeland Security. When I watched that segment, I, I let out an audible gasp. I mean, it was like, <gasps> oh my God. And, I, you know, we find ourselves doing that more and more Constantly, often. Constantly, yeah. <laughs> but this so time, when you say it's bad, then, you know, you know it's bad. Yeah, this is a It's all bad. It's really, really bad. Bad, bad news. This is going to be bad news for a lot of people. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk about air quality in your house. I, you know, I've obviously been through this, uh, this wildfire. You know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people 
up and down uh, California have been dealing with uh, smoke and bad air quality and particulate matter in the air and just this awful stench of, of burned everything. And so now's a good time to sign up and get yourself a Filter Easy air filter program where Filter Easy sends you the air, your air filter for your home HVAC system on a regular basis so you never forget to change your home air filter. And it's getting more and more important as air quality declines, especially here in California. When's the last time you changed your air mm. filter at all in your home heating and cooling system? If it's been more than three months, you're probably spending up to 15% more to heat and cool your home than you would if you changed that air filter regularly. It's it's also hard on the, the motor for the fan, leading to premature repair bills. You're also unnecessarily breathing in dust and allergens and, of course, all of this horrible smoke and vapor uh, that, that I'm experiencing here, aggravating asthma and allergy symptoms of yourself and those you love. I was surprised to learn that uh, the level of indoor pollutants is actually two to five times higher than it is outdoors. And if you're like me, you forget really? to change. I mean, you forget to change your air filter as often as you should, Jackie. I mean, I, last time I changed my air filter, I completely forgot. This is before Filter Easy. I, I pulled the old air filter out, and, and it looked like a rectangular monkey. It was just, oh. it was just a fuzzy, dust-covered mess oh, that you couldn't even wow. see the air filter anymore. And that's that's how bad. So so what happens is with with Filter Easy, you get your filters at your doorstep on a regular basis to remind you. When to put in a new filter, and of course, filter easies, uh, uh, filters are are just the right size, uh, and, and at the right price, right to your door, right when it's time for a new one. No remember, no remembering, and no storing while saving your budget and your lungs and sinuses. So get started today. FilterEasy.com is offering all my listeners their first delivery of a standard one-inch air filter for free. And with free shipping. Never forget to change your air filter ever, ever again. And visit filtereasy.com slash B-O-B-C or enter the promo code B-O-B-C at their homepage. Breathing easy in uh, more ways than one with filtereasy.com. Again, that's filtereasy.com slash B-O-B-C. Filtereasy.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Ah, uh, safe home, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. Wow. First thing we climb the tree. We all knew it was coming. I think he was diagnosed with that uh, uh, brain tumor a couple of years ago. And then there, last August, was the farewell concert in, in Canada for the Tragically Hip. And Gord Downey, lead singer of Tragically Hip, just, uh, just finally died yesterday. Terrible. No, two days ago. It was on Tuesday. Yeah, too bad, too bad. Another, another genius uh, robbed from us by this terrible disease that we can't seem to figure out yet. For some reason, in 2017, we still don't have a handle on how to cure this crap. <sighs> okay, so moving along. Uh, by the way, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link. We're way behind this month, and I've said that before, but I really mean it now. Well, this is a good time to use it for your. Bizarre Halloween costume. That's exactly right. You can get all your Halloween supplies through the Amazon link. Just go to bobseska.com. Just beneath the logo, it's the all-caps Amazon link. Click that link. It takes you right to the front page of amazon.com. You go shopping just like normal. You pay nothing extra. Plus, you end up getting some deals if you sign up through Amazon Prime. And uh, you help support the show because we get a small commission from everything you buy, especially your Halloween materials, all of your decorations and your costumes. And if you're into cosplaying, you can get all kinds of cosplay stuff at, at Amazon.com, too. Those are the best costumes. Are to you get, trying to way. tell us something? Uh, yeah, I'm actually wearing my Civil War reenactor outfit right now. Thank you very much. Purchase I would tell you to go hunt for this, but I actually know they have it uh, because no, 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 because because I saw it. Uh, don't ask me how I found it, but I saw it. <laughs> This morning, I'm gonna. They, they have pasties, um, and one is eggs, and one is bacon, and so you can for Halloween can go with breakfast. That <laughs> there you go, my favorite costume in the entire world. Totally naked except eggs and bacon pasties. Thank you very much. Right now, your breakfast. Where's breakfast? Yeah, there you go. It's it's <laughs> breakfast and sex all wrapped into one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jackie. Really appreciate it. Now I've got this <laughs> mental image in my head, and I'm craving bacon and eggs uh, suddenly. <laughs> you know, and I just ate before the show. Where's breakfast? Uh, I saw that and started to totally rethink my <laughs> Halloween costume. <laughs> right. 
Okay, so uh, this nominee for Homeland Security, uh, in, in case you're not aware, uh, let's rewind back to 2005 and Hurricane Katrina, which was an unmitigated disaster uh, brought about, obviously, by George W. Bush's incompetence and an incompetent FEMA director. But there is there was an emergency management czar inside the White House who did not pass along the, the important information about the, the breaching of the levees during Hurricane Katrina. And this is a person who was written up as kind of the centerpiece of what went wrong inside the White House and their response to Hurricane Katrina by a Republican congressional investigation. This was entire. I mean, remember, Congress was entirely uh, run by Republicans back in mm-hmm. uh, 2005, 2006. So when they wrote this, uh, this report about what went wrong during Hurricane Katrina in the House of Representatives, it was all Republicans. The committee they formed in order to investigate what went wrong in Katrina was entirely Republicans. They allowed zero Democrats onto that committee. All, again, I can't emphasize this enough. All Republicans. And who did they point the finger at? Who did they say? Failed the American people, failed the people of New Orleans, failed the people of Louisiana. It was this woman named Kirsten Nielsen. And what did they say specifically that she did? She was aware of the breaching of the levees before Homeland Security, or Homeland Security, yes, and also FEMA did anything about it. So she had this information. She and passed, didn't share it. And she didn't share it. She didn't pass okay. it along to the people who needed to know it in order to respond to the fact that a, a, that this amazing catastrophe was descending upon New Orleans by the breaching of the levees around Lake Pontchartrain. So obviously there were many levels of failure. Right, But, but right. she was one person that they pointed to and said, this White House staffer, didn't do what she needed to do in order to get the word out so uh, first responders and, and federal government emergency personnel could go down there and resolve the problem or at least bug everybody out, start the evacuation process out of New Orleans, and which led to, what, 1,800 people mm-hmm. dying yeah. in, in Hurricane Katrina? Yeah. Uh, Did she lose her job because of it? Uh, nope. No heads. Ah, remember, go. no heads rolled because of Katrina. No one was fired because. And yet of her, another it, example in D.C. of people failing up. I, you know, I think Brown. I want to say Brownie. Heck of a job, Brownie might have resigned yeah. at some point right. later. Uh, but no. I but mean, after this finding came out, nothing happened. Uh, right. Exactly. So, fast forward to this week. Guess who is Donald Trump's nominee for Homeland Security? Kirsten. Hey. Kirsten Nelson. So wasn't she wasn't she Kelly's assistant or something? She she not assistant like a deputy, administrative assistant. Yeah, but yeah, like, like doesn't deputy. didn't she she's somehow connected to Kelly? Uh, she very well might be. Uh, President Donald Trump on Thursday formally tapped Kirsten Nielsen to run the Department of Homeland Security, saying she would be ready on day one to lead the department where she previously oh, worked. Great. Oh yeah, yeah, she previously worked alongside former DHS Secretary John Kelly. Quote, at this crucial time, we need the Senate to confirm a secretary of Homeland Security, one who is ready to lead on day one, Trump said. Kirsten has my full faith and confidence, and she also has the complete confidence of the law enforcement officers, dedicated professionals, and senior leadership at the Department of Homeland Security. Nielsen served as uh, Kelly's top aide during his time at the agency and became his principal deputy chief of staff. There you go. Uh, When he joined the Western. Failing up. Failing up right there. Failing up. Again, is there anyone uh, is there anyone too incompetent for the Trump White House? No, <laughs> clearly. No. And and clearly and I not. think the problem is this is what happens when people don't want to participate because yeah, he's yeah. so atrocious. Like, nobody wants to put this name on uh, their name on this administration. Nobody of any mm-hmm. decency. Yep. So you got to pick from the 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 bottom of the barrel. You got to scrape the bottom and see what comes up. And right. anybody, I think, at this point, who's willing to work for this administration then carries that stain. Uh, for the rest of their career. Yep, and I, I'm sure there are just people running from the White House like it's like they've all got the plague in there, like they've all got some sort of horrible communicable disease, and and no one, like you said, no one wants to take these jobs. So the people they end up having to hire are people who are uh, uh, just get hired anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. People who can't get hired anywhere else. Left. People who are incompetent. And he's hiring from within. Uh, so. <laughs> Here's a little bit more about uh, Nielsen's involvement with Hurricane Katrina. On August 27th, two days before Hurricane Katrina made landfall, 
Officials at the American Red Cross wrote a top Homeland Security advisor at the White House warning that the storm was likely to slam New Orleans as a major hurricane. The message was sent to Kirsten Nielsen, whose title was Special Assistant to the President for Prevention, Preparedness, and Response. She was 33 years old. It was the first of many alarming emails Nielsen would receive over the following days as water poured into New Orleans and the city was deluged. And in the storm of blame that followed the costliest natural disaster in American history, Nielsen's team was widely criticized for its passive and clumsy response. Twelve years later, Trump has nominated Nielsen to the top job at the Department of Homeland Security. This is, I mean, it's almost as if they want more disaster. It's almost like they're begging, let's have more fuck-ups, because then no one's going to want government to do anything. Well, you know, look, if you're an authoritarian regime in a foreign country trying to dismantle the United States from the inside out, this is exactly how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. You take apart the EPA, you destroy health care, you put somebody incompetent in charge of homeland security, you create chaos, you get people to distrust their media, um, you make government totally incompetent. I mean, yep. this is... This is textbook. I mean, this is how you do it if you're a foreign country that's trying to tear the United States apart. Yeah. So, you know, not everything rolls back to Russia conspiracy theory, but the facts are the facts. Yeah. And frankly, if, if you're an operative trying to make a mess of this country, you got the right guy in office to do it. Oh, God, yes. And I think that's partly what people like Paul Ryan are thinking about. It's not just about having a, uh, a friendly president in the Oval Office who will sign whatever you send him. It's about uh, having someone in the Oval Office who will, again, fulfill that uh, Steve Bannon mandate, which is to deconstruct the administration, administrative state, to actually reduce the size of government to the point where, like Grover Norquist always says, create government small enough that it can be drowned in the bathtub. And this has been the, the far-right mission forever. And, and I'm sure people like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are perfectly happy with the idea that this president is crashing and burning everything uh, around him, uh, even himself, in the process. They don't care mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. Long as, as long as Donald Trump is proving that this institution of the executive branch is entirely worthless. And he's proving that every day. And, of course, there are countless millions of voters who will go along with that and not just the trumpers not just the diehard googly-eyed rally goers not just those people but i mean the people i worry about are the casual observers who are just flipping through the channels and they land on mm-hmm. a headline here or they see a thing in their facebook feed there and they're not really absorbing it they're not looking at it up close like you and i are jackie every day they're seeing it from the outside, more or less, and they're only getting a peripheral view. They're only getting a, a cursory sense of all of the problems that are going on. And, and ultimately, what they'll do out of frustration, because clearly they have lives to live. I mean, there are uh, millions of people who just don't, just don't follow politics because of, their, because of life, because of everyday life, right. their, their families, their jobs, etc. And so what they do is they go... Well, you know what? They're all a bunch of fuck-ups. You know, the Democrats, mm-hmm. the Republicans, they're all fucking it up. So what we need to do is try something new. Like, you know, as Patton Oswalt said in his most recent special, let's try that racist scrotum dipped in Cheeto dust. Let's give, mm-hmm. him, let's give him a shot. Because, you know, because no one else is doing what they should be doing. All the traditional politicians are just fucking things up. And look at all the disasters that are happening because of their incompetence. Let's find people outside that structure. And so well, then, you also don't see it on a micro level in your day-to-day life until you're in Puerto Rico and get hit by a hurricane. Yeah. Right? You don't see it in your day-to-day life until all of a sudden your health insurance premium skyrockets because the president's sabotaging the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. You don't see it in your day-to-day life you know, in, until it impacts you and then it's too late to pay attention. So that, I mean, that's people say like, I don't really care about, but it's not about politics. You don't have to, you don't have to be into the horse race or the back and forth. You have to be into the policy that's getting passed. It's going to actually impact your day-to-day life. And the problem is that when it happens, there's then a little bit of a a lag time before it impacts people on a day-to-day basis. And then when Mm -hmm. it does, it's too late. Yeah, exactly right. And it's not just, it's not just that again, it's, it's this uh, stepping away from everybody. When they see, uh, when some of these voters, and, and a lot of them are moderate voters, independent voters, when they see 
this level of incompetence. The, the reaction typically is, and I've talked to people like this. We bump into people like this all the time. You know, uh, well, you know, I mean, they can't, the Democrats and Republicans, they can't get together. They can't agree on anything. So fuck them all. We're going to vote for third party. We're going to see uh, what these other crazy people on the fringes of the debate have to say. And that, and that ends up creating more incompetence, more deconstructing mm-hmm. of the administrative state, more of the tearing down of institutions. I mean, this is one of the most nefarious aspects of the whole Trump, whatever you want to call it, is, mm-hmm. the, is d- destroying confidence and faith in institutions like the press and like uh, uh, government agencies and, and resources that we rely upon. Uh, and, and through that... And people just don't want to deal with it anymore, so they step away. They become apathetic. They no longer vote, or they no longer participate in the conversation. And they just step off, and that's where that kind of gap, that kind of void, allows just more and more crazy people to fill, f- fill that space. Yeah, the Roy Moores of the world. <laughs> exactly right. And by the way, there's some actual good news coming out of that uh, that race down there in uh, Alabama. I almost oh, yeah. turned into George H.W. But that race down there in Alabama going around and around down there. Uh, <laughs> the fact is that the Democrat in that race, whose name I don't even remember. I've seen it. I don't recall what it is. The Democrat and Roy Moore are neck and neck. I think they're tied in the latest poll. In Alabama. In, in Alabama, of all places. So that, huh. to me, what that says is that African Americans are stepping up in Alabama and oh, that there, there may actually be some people who are starting to recognize that we cannot allow any more crackpots into national government. And I, I don't know that for sure. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm not entirely sure that that's what they're thinking. But I'd like to think, I'd like to think as a matter of personal comfort that, that maybe they're going, hey, you know what, all this shit, electing clowns, bad idea. We shouldn't be electing any more clowns in their, uh, in their whatever there is, their, their, their cowboy drag. No more clowns in cowboy drag. Thank you very much. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's what I don't it's know. A public service announcement. Possibly, possibly that's the case. So can I inject? I, I want to interject a little Russia stuff. Just oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so there's a big story out today, which I want to draw people's attention to because it's in the Daily Beast, and uh, it it has to do with this. Uh, let me back up real quick. People say I don't understand how if I voted for Trump, like how did how did the Russians influence me? Right? It's my vote. Yeah. I voted for Trump. People I know voted for Trump. Like that wasn't the Russians. The Russians aren't at rallies. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a Twitter site, uh, a Twitter uh, handle that was at ten t n underscore gop, and it oh, was purporting yeah. to be the Tennessee Republican Party. It wasn't. The actual Republican Party is something else. But it was pushing out all sorts of uh, racially divisive rhetoric, and uh, it was pushing out all sorts of fake news. Uh, it was attached to a website that was called Black Matters US, uh, and it also had a strong Facebook page, which had, which had over 100,000 uh, followers and likes, yeah. and it was all fake, and it was all Russian. And, uh, you know, the news has been breaking over the last few days about the fake site and about the fake website and how they actually uh, contacted black activists on the ground here in the U.S. and paid them to do things like organize protests and rallies without those people knowing that they were being contacted by Russians, that they were being contacted. uh, They thought they were being contacted by like minded Americans. Um, and so, you know, there, there is sort of a not paying closer attention thing here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people have to be a little, a little more discriminating about who they're willing to talk to and take money from. But on top of that, what the news is today, I fast forward to this, is that top Trump staffers up to the election in the days before the election and even some of them after the election have been retweeting information coming through that account. Wow. So it is... Kellyanne Conway, it is Donald Trump Jr., it is Brad Parscale, the digital director, it's Michael Flynn, it's Michael G. Flynn, his son, all regurgitating this news, quote-unquote, fake news, coming out of this fake Russian Twitter account. Now, on top of that, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's getting pushed out there and, and, and in on Twitter, but it also got picked up as a source in multiple stories on Breitbart News, InfoWars, Gateway Pundit. It showed up on Fox News. Yeah. So this 
Twitter account that was being cited as a conservative voice here in the United States was actually Russian propaganda. Yep. So there's how it infiltrates, mm-hmm. right? If somebody sends you a news story from one of your right-wing news sites, it's actually Russian propaganda, and it's being promulgated and perpetuated by the top of the Trump campaign. Yep, yep, absolutely right. And this makes uh, so many people, and, and uh, God, I, I, I hope I'm not one of them, but in so many occasions... We don't know who the Russian trolls are, what those accounts are. So, you know, at some point, we may have acted as unwitting enemy combatants in, yes. in the attack where we're retweeting yes. stuff. I mean, I'm noticing here among the people who uh, at some point tweeted out links to the 10 underscore GOP account. Uh, uh-huh. We've got Michael Flynn, Roger mm-hmm. Stone, uh, celebrities like Nicki Minaj and James Woods. Uh, Ann Coulter. At some point, I'm sure it was uh, critically, but at one point, Chris Hayes uh, tweeted it out. Uh, tweeted out that uh, that account, something from that account. Uh, you know, and so you don't know at the time. I mean, we're we're starting to have these aha moments where we go, "Oh, that's what that was." The, I remember that, and that was the case with the the ten underscore GOP account. We're like, mm-hmm. uh, "Yeah, you know what? I remember seeing that, or I remember seeing how." Uh, this fake news story was circulating among Bernie Sanders supporters. Or I remember that attack on Hillary Clinton and how it was mm-hmm. clearly bogus, but everyone was still talking about it. And, and, and as time goes on and as we learn more and more about this attack, we're going to see many more of those occasions where, uh, where we're going to see recognizable accounts, recognizable memes, and so on. That, mm-hmm. uh, and, all, and all of the conversation right now is about this one particular troll factory in St. Petersburg called the Internet Research Agency. <laughs> and that's all the conversation is. is about right now. Yep. But that's what they want us to be talking about. right? Yeah. There are others. Like this, this is not a one effort that, that had 470 Facebook accounts. Like we're talking about there are multiple entities that are, that are working on this. This is just the one that's been discovered and focused on. Yep. So we have to keep that in mind, that this really is the tip of the iceberg. And if we know that this much was done uh, by, by this little this one entity, imagine what else is out there that we haven't discovered yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just noticing right here along those same lines, Donald Trump today, his most recent tweet as of this, as we're recording the show, uh, he retweeted an account. The name on the account is completely anonymous, Miss K., and the handle is at U.S. Army 333, which screams out to me a fake account. I mean, it may, mm-hmm. be, it may be legitimate. I don't know for sure. But he's retweeting an anonymous Twitter account that simply reads, and the tweet reads, he's, he's meaning Trump. Trump has done more in nine months than Obama did in eight years. And that's the, that's the tweet that he's, he sent out. Now, this could be... Uh, a, a Russian troll. It could be just a regular troll. It could be a fake account that was domestic. It could be a fake account out of Russia. We don't know, but Donald Trump is retweeting it anyway without knowing mm-hmm. the source or who who knows? Maybe he does know the source. Maybe he knows that it's a, a Russian account. I don't know. It's unlikely that he knows that it's a Russian account if it is. So, and this is a tweet that was sent out eight hours ago. Uh, there's an obvious grammatical error. There's just It's just a sloppy, sloppily written tweet and it's re- in reply to someone called 804 Street Media. I mean, it's just like, oh, good, good fucking God. The, the President of the United States yeah. with 40 million followers, a lot of those followers are, are trolls and, and bots. But, I mean, 40 million followers nevertheless, and he's retweeting something that could be fake news. Again, this is something that, uh, I, I, you know, no matter what uh, Nikki Haley says, no matter what other in, uh, administration officials say, no matter what they testify to Congress, this guy, the guy who controls all the buttons, the guy who mm-hmm. can initiate some sort of counterattack or some sort of defensive posture when it comes to Russia, believes that it's a, a, all a hoax. It's a big Democratic plot to uh, explain why they lost the election to Trump. And this continues on and on and on, making us vulnerable. And they, you know what? Maybe the best thing that Russia could do at this point is to rig the midterms in favor of the Democrats. I'm not saying that they should. Yeah. But believe me, I'm not, in, I'm not in support of any of this. I think that it needs to be stopped right now and we need to counterattack, which is what Barack Obama was in the process of doing when, uh, when power changed hands last year or early this year. 
And I just, you know, again, going back to my cockamamie theory, if they started to attack the Democrats, then maybe that's when, the, or if they start to attack the Republicans, maybe that's when the Republicans and, and the White House will stand up and say, hey, now wait a minute here. Wait a second. Hold on there, Russia. Yeah, right. But I don't even know if they're doing that. I mean, if 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 Donald Trump is as compromised as we think he is, would he even go after Russia if they started to attack him and the Republicans? I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. he I don't think I don't he know. can. I mean, do you really Jackie, I mean, you're the expert on this. Do you think that it's in within his capability, given the compromise that that Vladimir Putin clearly has assembled on Donald Trump? Do you think that Donald Trump would even go down that road? Do you think he would be too afraid to, given all of that information? I think he, I, I think he would be too afraid. I think he'd be too into self-preservation because that's what he's all about. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's strong enough. I mean, look, Donald Trump has two things that he loves, himself yeah. and money. Right. And that's it, right? Yeah. So any action he takes is going to preserve himself and his finances. And that's it. Like, there's no love of country. There's no commitment to party. There's no ideology. There's nothing. Yeah. And so it'll just depend on what he owes the Russians or what the Russians uh, are trying to do uh, and, and where he ends up in that that quagmire. Yeah, I, yeah. it just... That's that's it. You know, I mean, there's no protection. If they go after him, I don't I don't know what he would do. He would do whatever it would take to preserve himself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's true. I think that's the uh, the wisest uh, uh, analysis in terms of that situation. So but we'll see. I mean, we'll see because I, I think that that's maybe in the offing, maybe not next year, but maybe in 2020, maybe uh, suddenly uh, Vladimir Putin wants to. Uh, wants to uh, expand his horizons and say, well, maybe we'll meddle with democracy this other way. Maybe we'll try this other. We screwed with them one time. Well, let's screw with the other people in this time and show, show the Russian strength when it comes to our, our digital weaponry and our, uh, you know, our capabilities in terms of, uh, of intelligence and cyber warfare. Th- that's, I think that's entirely possible. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see on that. But I also want to, after we take a uh, one last short break here, I want to talk a little bit about Fusion GPS because they're in the news today. Trump was tweeting about F- Fusion GPS today. So we'll talk about that right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Thursday show. Jackie Schechner is here from InvestigateRussia.org. I left your house this morning. And uh, we're talking about Russia here. Uh, you may have noticed Trump tweeted this earlier. He said, uh, <laughs> Workers... Workers of firm involved with the discredited and fake dossier take the fifth. Who paid for it, Russia, the FBI, or the Dems, or all? Question <laughs> I It took me a second to interpret what the hell that made, uh, what that meant. Who paid for it, Russia, the FBI, or the Dems, or all? Question mark. Well, he knows the question. He knows the answer to that question. Of course he does. <laughs> he totally knows the answer to that question. It was not... Uh, it was not Russia or the FBI or the Dems. <laughs> it wasn't any of those. It was just Fusion GPS. Put it out there. They're assembling a, uh, some opposition research on a guy who just newly emerged onto the political scene and which we know nothing about and which who is ins- deeply ensconced 
in uh, Russian activities, whether it's uh, uh, money laundering or uh, uh, strange real estate deals in Florida or uh, PP tapes, what have you. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. Well, let me give you things. the background on this uh, this Fusion GPS thing, though. So yeah. Why they so took the fifth. Well, yeah. Why do they plead the fifth on this? Okay. So the House Intelligence Committee investigation is a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Because Devin Nunes is in charge, and right. he is being investigated for some ethical violations for that weird trip he took to the White House where he looked at some documents and then gave a press conference and said he's seen evidence of the, the president being wired. I don't know. It was all ridiculous and weird, right? Oh, yeah. But, it, but he went and, and looked at some documents that, that showed that uh, allegedly the president was telling the truth when he said that he was wiretapped. So that was all back months and months and months ago. And yeah. Nunez, in response to that, there's some there's an investigation into ethics violations because he allegedly um, publicized some classified information when he did that. Um, and he, in turn, said he would step away from leading the investigation. Now, there's been some controversy over whether he said he would recuse himself or whether he just said he would step away from leading it. Yeah. Um, he claims the latter. People say it was interpreted to be the former. But either way, he's not supposed to be involved in the Russia investigation part of the House Intelligence Committee. And he put Mike Conaway in in his stead, right? Conaway and Schiff are supposed to be in charge of the investigation. Right. Well, Nunes keeps butting back in. And Nunes keeps <laughs> single-handedly, like, handing out subpoenas and, and trying to get people to testify and wanting people to talk about unmasking. And, like, he's single-handedly trying to, to move this investigation off course. And what's happening is that the credibility of the House Intelligence Committee investigation is at risk because it's become wildly partisan in that regard. Yeah. And Nunes keeps trying to and, and what we're hearing coming out of that is like they're bringing in they're they're grilling auxiliary figures like from the Obama administration and and acting as like second counsel for people who are actual witnesses uh, that are affiliated with the Trump administration. So it's it's all Nunes kind of trying to undermine this from the inside out. Right. And so his latest move was to subpoena the guys from Fusion GPS, which is the firm that was hired to do opposition research on Trump. Um, and they were originally hired by a Republican. It was a Republican who didn't like Trump who originally hired them. There you go. Uh, and then when it looked like Trump was getting the nomination, I mean, they've never said who it is, but we do know that much. And then when Trump got the nomination, the guy kind of gave up and Fusion went out and sought continued funding from uh, Democrats because they figured somebody needs to continue this because it's important. And so they got funding from interested Democrats. But originally it was a Republican who started it. We don't know who, but we know it was a Republican. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, it's very long-winded because this stuff is all very complicated, but the story is that Nunez, there was a, a discussion, first of all, these guys have already met with uh, investigators on the Senate side, yeah. and they have said to the House side, go ahead, read the testimony, like read over it before we get into anything, and there's been negotiations and discussions on good faith between the Lawyers for Fusion GPS and the uh, Congressional Investigative Committees of like how we move forward without them having to reveal their sources and feeling like they're being pushed into a corner. But like it's all being done in good faith. And the day after these like good faith negotiations happen, Nunez subpoenaed them. <laughs> so they're like, screw you. Like, right. We're not coming in and talking to you. Like, why yep. don't you read what we already said? Uh, and then but until then, we're, you know, we're invoking our, our right to not say anything. And so that's what's happened. Like, they're taking the fifth is like, screw you. We're not getting wrapped up in your partisan bullshit. Um, so good on them. You know, they're, they're, they're just not going to get dragged into Nunez's ridiculousness. But he keeps sticking his nose in it and sending out these subpoenas, like unilaterally is the word I'm looking for. Like he's not, they're not consulting with Democrats on the committee. He's, he's not supposed to be in charge. And yet he's signing his name to all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and meanwhile, what we do know, and which probably Trump doesn't know, uh, or he, maybe he does, who knows, but at least he's not making it public, he's not talking about it on Twitter or anywhere else, is that Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS has already been interviewed by right. the Senate Judiciary Committee. And right. it was, what, like something like, again, one of these marathon, yeah, just yeah. Like, a, like a full day of of testimony where he answered questions and talked about it. I'm sure he's he was been asked, cooperative. Yeah, yeah, they've been as cooperative as they can be. And again, the conversation had to be entirely about the Steele dossier and its origins and and so on. Um, we've also heard from the Senate Intelligence Committee 
where uh, Richard Burr is having some trouble in terms of recreating the series of events in the uh, in the dossier. Uh, but they have been able to recreate a series of the uh, the allegations in the dossier, uh, independent of actually talking to uh, to Fusion GPS yet, where they've they've claimed didn't he claim. Jackie, that they can't get any information out of uh, uh, Christopher Steele, and so therefore they're just giving up. But then Christopher Steele came out the next day and said, "I'll talk to you, no problem." Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh that, I mean, God. that's that was the great part. They gave their big press conference and they said that they're they've really hit the end of the road with the Steele dossier because they can't get Christopher Steele to talk to them. And then Matto the next night, I guess, spoke to somebody with the steel with Steele, like who knows him or or a representative for him or him. I, I don't know who she talked to in particular, but the news was that he was more than happy. Happy to talk to them. Now, do you think Devin Nunes, like uh, Dana Rohrbacher, is also compromised? Do you think that's why I, yeah. he's doing all this? Yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know the particulars of how, um, but I do. I think there's something in it for him. I don't think you go this far. I mean, it, it's so logical, and this is the part where you want to just take it out of politics and you want to bring it into like CSI territory, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, SVU territory. But it's look at the details and the facts and the information here. Like, if it weren't political and it were just like this crazy murder mystery, whatever it is, like, yeah. look at it. I mean, this, this they wouldn't care so much about the dossier if there weren't some truth to it. Yeah, yeah. And what, meanwhile, did we hear that Trump has been trying to? Uh, put the brakes on some of the congressional investigations like he's trying to uh, convince the Republicans in charge of the various congressional wrap it up. To, yeah to they want to wrap it up by the end of the year but like, he, oh but he's totally not guilty I mean that's, that's just shows me wrap that. it up yeah it's a real cloud over my administration wrap it up <laughs> right Okay, so I have a theory that I want to talk to you about, Jackie, when we get into the post I like that teaser. Yeah, yeah. Teaser. I mean, it's not anything groundbreaking, but I, I have a, a fairly obvious uh, uh, theory as to why no one's answering certain questions posed by congressional committees by pretending there's some sort of executive privilege, but we don't know of any oh. executive privilege. So. Oh, I'm excited to hear this one. I, I think I know why, you know, like uh, Jeff Sessions was doing it the other day. I can't talk about that. Well, why? Executive privilege? No, no. I just no. can't kind of talk about it. And they basically, they're behaving as if they're uh, they're all Trump's personal legal counsel and they can't right? reveal uh, attorney-client privilege things, which is bullshit. There's nothing like that. There's no, no agreement like that. So I have a theory as to what's going on with regard to all right, all that. All right, I want to hear this. I'm excited for this one. Plus, uh, this uh, Russian oligarch who is uh, verifying that Putin tried to collaborate with Trump. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, and we'll, you know we'll, we'll also get in maybe this uh, this Gold Star family thing because we've got new yes, developments on that, that on that front as well. And this, I mean, who knows? I, I don't think it's going to be the end of the <laughs> the Trump presidency by any stretch of the imagination. This is gonna, just another thing. It's another, uh, as Pat Oswalt said, another shit sombrero that uh, <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> has constructed for himself. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up on the postmortem show. It's on our Patreon page. If you want to sign up, you want to subscribe and get all of our premium shows, go to uh, bobseska.com, click the Patreon link in all capitals just beneath the logo. It takes you to our Patreon page. You sign up at you sign up at a dollar a month, $5 a month, though, we'll get you the post-mortem shows. You want to listen to those because it's just basically a continuation of what we've been talking about here. Uh, $10 a month also gets you the after party. $15 a month is the big one. You get a commercial-free show, plus the post-mortem show, plus the after party, plus the steel dossier, and all that all that fun crap for just $1.88 per show, right? See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Somber.